ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hello, and welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. I'm going to be chatting about our new homeschool year uh, on this episode, sharing with you our curriculum lineup and um, some fun things in regards to homeschooling. I am joined by little Miss Flora here. She's currently asleep, but if you hear any grunts or squeaks, that's just Flora saying hello. Um, But as you know, we live in Australia, so that uh, puts the school year looking a little different than than what it does for those who live in North America. So for us, our seasons are completely flip-flopped. So even though it is the end of February, we're like still in summer. So because of that, the summer break from school, as far as like the actual like school system goes in Australia, we kind of just do our own thing, but more on that in a minute. Um, They take their summer break in December and January. And then they actually start back to school at the end of January. We started a little bit later. We started the first week of February, February 5th. We kicked off our new school year just because I wanted to give myself a full month um, post having Flora to recover and enjoy just um, a less regimented schedule, I guess, less responsibilities. And so that was wonderful. But we are about, you know, here we're wrapping up the month of February. So we've been doing school for about a month now. Um, So I'm going to be kind of sharing what that looks like for us. Now, ideally... I prefer more of a year-round school schedule. Um, We don't really follow, per se, what the Australian school system does as far as breaks and, you know, um, spring break, fall break, summer holiday, all that. We don't normally follow that. I did pretty much follow the summer break um, this previous time just because it perfectly coincided with Christmas and having a baby. So we went ahead and pretty much, we did like school the first week or two of December, But we pretty much took off December and January, which was just such a blessing that Flora's birth fell right during that time. But throughout the school year, um, I do not tend to follow the school calendar, you know, exactly. Um, Australia actually follows a little more of a year-round school model. Um, So at every quarter, they have two weeks off. And then they do have a shorter summer break. Um, But I have just found for us personally, we love school It's good for us to be in the rhythm of school. So we do tend to take a little bit of a summer break um, or maybe not necessarily break, but even just laxing up. Like, hey, if we want to just cancel everything and go to the beach, we cancel everything and go to the beach. Um, But what works for us, especially in the last, uh, you know, the last year homeschooling in Australia and looking forward to our second year of homeschooling in Australia is to just work when we work. And when we need to take off, we take off. Um, We have several different groups of company that are coming throughout this year. My dad's coming at the end of April. Um, We have some college students coming to help us in June. So for us, it's better instead of me taking off when all of the other schools are off, we just push through. And then when Papa comes, we take our two weeks. And when we've got a crown group coming, we're probably not going to take off completely, but we're definitely going to lax up our schedule um, just because of the other responsibilities that brings. And that just works for us. Um, So it's been a really big blessing to do school in that way. Also, keeping it just kind of an ongoing thing. um, I feel like I don't have a lot of like 
forgetfulness gaps. You know, you always have that coming back after like two and a half months of summer break where you spend the first like quarter trying to catch everybody up on where you left off before. Um, Whereas if we just kind of plug along, we tend to not have that gap. And uh, I really enjoy that. And I think it's, it tends to work out better for the kids. Um, So anyway, all that to say, Australia starts a new school year uh, with a calendar year. And I really like that. I love a new calendar year. There's something just so fresh and invigorating and new start feeling about a new year. Couple that with starting a new school year and it's just great. I, I love that. Now I will have to say once like April, May come and we're halfway through our school year and everybody else in the States, all my friends and on social media are getting out on their summer break. I do tend to kind of get like, oh goodness, I wish that was me, but it's going into winter here. So, you know, what else do you do in winter? There's not a ton of things to do. So school is what we do. Um, but anyway, so we are starting into our second year homeschooling here in Australia and, um, Australia is very homeschool friendly. It's not as big of a thing as it is in the States. You don't have as many homeschool communities and options and groups and all these different things. Um, But as far as like the legal reporting, and it's different for every um, state within Australia, but us being in New South Wales, um, I found that it's not, uh, it's not super strict and rigid. Um, They do require certain things. I do have to meet certain benchmarks, um, but they're very, very helpful, very willing to um, just really let you do it your way. As long as you're teaching like the minimum qualifications of what they request, um, they really just give you freedom. And that has been so nice in our homeschooling, especially with kind of how we homeschool, um, desiring to just really make it a lifestyle of learning type thing. So here we are about a month into school. Um, it's been interesting. I have two that are in school. So Eden is seven and a half. Um, we tend to not really do grades per se. We just, I mean, Eden's like in third grade math, but that's just because, I mean, she's finished all the other levels. So we just keep moving forward with each kid. Knox is starting first grade math. Technically age-wise, she's seven and a half. He's five and a half. Um, so that puts them in like year two, uh, which is second grade. <laughs> they call it year, year one, two, three here in Australia. Um, so we have a second grader and a kindergartner. Um, but there again, you know, we homeschool, so we don't have to use those terms if we don't want to. Uh, we just move at our own pace, which has tended to be fast with my two kids. Um, but I have the two in school, then Ivy's three, Willow, well, I guess, yeah, Ivy's three, three and a half now. We're all, we're at the half mark for everybody, three and a half. Uh, Willow's going to be two in May, so she's about, you know, what, 21 months. Um, and then Flora is just over a month. She, I guess going on two months now. Um But so that has been interesting homeschooling with (laughs) that dynamic. I did an episode here a while back on homeschooling with babies and toddlers. That was before I had five. That's when I had four. Um, So some of the tips might change a little bit, but uh, I'll link that down in the comments if you want to go check out that episode where I share how I manage doing the littles and the bigs. Um, This one's been different. And you know, the baby is not the hard one. I put her in a carrier. She takes a nap we're good to go. It's the toddlers that are the challenge. So if you struggle with toddlers and homeschooling, go check out that episode. None of that information has changed. Um, but anyway, so we're jumping into a new homeschool year. Very excited to see what the Lord has in store for this year. So I'm just going to share a little bit of kind of like what our schedule looks like. 
and then what we are going to be using. Now, I reassess this like all the time. One, because I'm always learning. I'm always reading homeschooling books. I'm, you know, engaged with homeschooling accounts on social media. Um, I'm coming across new curriculum. Not that I feel like I'm always on the pursuit of something new, especially in the sense of curriculum, like, oh, I've got to buy this. I've got to buy that. Um, No. But uh, I'm always reassessing, like, is this working for our family? Are my kids learning? Are they enjoying this? Am I enjoying this? And if I need to reassess, we reassess. But this is where we're, this is our launching point for this year. Um, And a year is a long time. So some of this might ebb and flow and change a little bit as we go. But this is what it's looking like as far as right now goes. So in a week, um, we usually shoot to do three formal days of homeschooling with mommy being very present and engaged in the teaching. Um, So the different curriculum methods that we use, the different resources, I'm very much, I'm the teacher, I'm involved, I'm right there with the kids learning, which I absolutely love. Um, But three days seems to be the sweet spot for us, just with our schedule, all the other things that we have going on. Um, I really shoot for those three days. Those three days, I try hard, you know, these aren't going to be cancel school so that we can go to the zoo for a play date, or let's run to the grocery store. No, these three days... Um, we do school. Now that's not like an eight to three thing. That is usually by lunch. We're completely done. Now in the afternoon, we tend to, you know, my, my oldest is going to be reading. Um, you know, we might be doing piano practice. We might be playing educational game. Um, so like if we're home, then learning is still happening, but it's not like, okay, sit down. We have to work through math or anything. It's very much more of a, so like I was talking to my husband the other day. So the morning time, Um, is more structured. We do have curriculum that we use. I work through with the kids, Um, but the afternoon is when we bring in unschooling. So I'm not a, I'm not an unschooler, but I'm also not completely opposed to some of the ideas. We just feel like that best fits our family in the afternoon in that free time. Um, So that's when the kids like, here's your feast of things. What do you want to pursue? What do you want to learn? What do you want to engage in? What do you want to do to have fun? Um, so that happens in the afternoons, but in those mornings, um, I, those mornings are just given to school three days a week. If, if at all possible, um, those are given to school. And again, you know, you'll, you'll hear in just a little bit kind of what our schedule looks like, but this is just a couple hours. My kids are little, um, I don't want to overwhelm them. I don't want to overwhelm myself. And I find that, um, just really leaning into these chunks of time really, it's enough. It really is. Um, So three days is formal instruction with mommy. Um, Then one day a week uh, is my work day and Simeon takes over with the kids. And that day coincides with the day that they have their piano lessons. Um, We do virtual piano lessons with an amazing lady back in the States um, through New Mercy's music. And um, so they have piano lesson on that day. But they're also something that we just started really at the end of last school year is, you know, Simeon and I were talking and I was like, it's so helpful for me that you take over with the kids, but it would really, really be extra helpful if some of their instruction continued because we really do need, you know, three days didn't feel like a lot. Um, so I was like, could you do a little bit of school with the kids on that day? So he's like, yeah, sure. So he usually helps both kids with a math lesson on that day. And then we started, so I do a gather round. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, 
but we do gather around homeschool. It's a unit-based curriculum, and I have a unit that I'm working through with the kids on our, you know, three-day-a-week schooling. But we got the idea, well, why don't we take a unit and give it to daddy, and it's going to be a a a once-a-week dive-in. So that's what we've been doing. So Simeon is currently going through the sports unit. I think it's sports and PE unit with the kids. And that has been so fun because of the topic. It's a really easy topic to just pick up once a week. He tends to get them outside. They're doing exercises. They're playing football. They're playing soccer. Um, but that's been really neat. They really enjoy connecting with daddy that way and having like, oh, this is like a daddy and us thing. And then it's really fun because while throughout the rest of the week, when we come to dinner, it's me saying, okay, kids, let's tell daddy all that we learned today and filling daddy in on what he missed. Um, on my work day, I come to dinner and they fill me in on everything that mama missed. So that's been really neat. I've enjoyed kind of getting that angle of the learning in. And I think Simeon's really enjoyed doing that with the kids too. Um, so he does that with them. So they have three days of mama, one day, a lighter school day, a little more fun with daddy. And then one day a week we try to make, it's our family adventure day, which is like slash field trip day. Um, so this is primarily going to be something out in nature, hiking, um, you know, all, all along the way. We're collecting flowers. We're looking up trees. We're learning things. So I count this as like a quote unquote school day. Um, but this is our get out of the house, go do something. Maybe we'd go to a museum if it's cold, if it's rainy, um, things like that. But usually we try to get outside, get out in nature um, and do that. We have taken the thousand hour outside challenge again this year. Um, So far, we're doing really, really well with that. Again, it is summer here in Australia, so we've been outside a lot. Um, But that's just helped keep the momentum going and challenging us to get outside more. So we do that. And then I do really try to get in a trip to the library every week. Um, Before Flora was born, I had been really good about taking the kids to the library story time each week, trying to get back into that groove now that I have Flora. Uh, Five kids is a lot. Um, but we really enjoy going to that. And then it just, you know, it, it works out. We're already there at once a week to get fresh books. My kids love books. I have an avid reader. Um, Knox is starting to learn how to read, but even my little ones who can't read, they will look at picture books forever. Um, I love that we've just really cultivated a love of books in our home. I did another podcast episode. I'll link that one down in the show notes. If you want to check that out on encouraging kids to love books. Um, but we do try to make the library a priority in our home as well because my kids enjoy it. I enjoy it. And it's just a really nice way to get out, not for a lot of time, but for a little bit of time, uh, get a change of scenery. But that's kind of what like our week looks like as far as school. Um, and then, like I said, as far as like an actual school day rhythm, I had a really good rhythm last year. Um, I mean, it was just a groove. It fit. This It flowed. This is what we did. I'm still tweaking that and working that out now that I have Flora and I'm nursing a baby and all of those things. Um, but really the prim- the primary part of our school starts between like 9 and 12.30. Now it's not nonstop. We throw in break. You know, we have snack, all those different things. We get outside for a little bit. Um, but the idea is we start our day at 7. Um, that's when everybody gets up. 7.30 is breakfast. Usually by like 8, 8.15, we're wrapping up breakfast. Um, so that's one area where before it was just right into piano lessons, uh, right into a little bit of house cleaning together as a family. Um, but, you know, I'm giving myself a little more grace in this season. So uh, they just have about 45 minutes where they can play if they want to play 
or whatever. Um, if I need their help, if we want to tackle some cleaning, we do. But it's kind of my time to like, okay, I need to get the load of laundry started. I need to do dishes. I need to feed the baby, whatever. Um, just a little bit of a slower introduction to the day. Then by nine o'clock, we're starting with Bible. Bible is always the first thing. Um, so we do Bible and then we're going to try to kind of rotate between starting with language arts and then the next day start with math. Um, because after that, we have a break. We go outside for a little while. Then we do our gather round unit. We come back inside. Everybody's at the kitchen table. We eat snack while we do gather round, which works out great to entertain the little ones um, while I'm doing that. And then we do, again, either language, arts, or math. I, I think I'm going to rotate through instead of like math always being at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think I'm going to bounce back and forth between those two so that we're, you know, the morning time tends to be our best selves. <laughs> so I want to rotate giving some of that to language arts, some of that to math. So that's kind of what the plan is. Um, but that is what our day looks like. Then that takes us right up to lunch. We eat lunch. We do a quick tidy up of the house. That transition us into quiet time. Um, quiet time. Some people have asked me, is quiet time like a devotional time? Sometimes it is for mom because I missed it in the morning. But no, when I say quiet time, that means that our house is quiet. From 1.30 to 3 o'clock, um, that's one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten and applied in my motherhood. Someone told me once, have a quiet time in your home every day. Train your children in that. Um, some of my kids are little, so they nap. The older ones, they don't always nap. But I have taught them, it, you're going to be quiet in your room. Sometimes my oldest one's out on the couch reading so that she's not in her room disturbing her little sisters who are trying to sleep. Um, but everybody knows that hour and a half is quiet time. And that is so rejuvenating for me as mama to get that reset button midway through the day. If I need to catch up on my Bible reading, if I can, if I want to sit and enjoy a book with a cup of tea, I can. If I just want to sit and cuddle my baby, I can. If I need to, you know, do all the things and clean the bathroom and get dinner started, I can. Um, that's just my free time. If I need to work or plan podcasts or whatever, that is my afternoon time. Um, that everybody just, and by this point in the day, we spent so much time with each other, um, learning, doing things, playing outside, all of this, that by the time this, this point of the day comes, we're all kind of ready to divvy out and like have our own space. So it just works out really well for our family. We have quiet time and then that just rolls us into the afternoon. You know, usually from three to four thirty, five o'clock when daddy comes, that's that like free time where the kids are just really doing like imaginative play, they're exploring, they're, you know, crafting, going outside, whatever they want to do. Um, so all of our schooling happens in really that first half of the day, which I love. That is just how I work. I'm very productive. Like when we start the day, my productivity meter is like at high and it decreases as the day goes. Even with that afternoon recharge, I don't want to have a lot of responsibilities post quiet time. I just want to kind of like slope my way into a relaxing evening. Um, so it really works out for me and for the kids, it seems, to just get things done in the morning up until lunch and then, you know, we're good to go. So uh, let's go through curriculum quick. What are we using? What are the resources that we're using? Not a lot has changed from last year. Um, and that's good. That means that I found things that work well for us. One thing that has changed significantly, and that would be our Bible time. So this is different. We do a family family worship, family Bible time, all of us together. But as far as like a Bible instructional time as a part of our school, um, if you heard my podcast last year, if you've seen the blog, 
Um, I was doing that with the kids. We were working through several different resources, some things that I've put out, like the Children of Character cards, um, some things by my friend Aaron Payne, um, just a, a variety, some things from Answers in Genesis, different things that we were going through. And we loved that. And I saw so much fruit from that. The kids were learning Bible verses, um, you know, all these different things. But I knew that in this season, especially being in the morning um, and being in a season where I might not be getting as much sleep in the night, I needed a little bit of a, I needed some help in the morning and I needed a gentler introduction into our day. So we decided to use the Abeka video curriculum just for Bible. Um, I grew up doing Abeka video like across the board from sixth grade till graduation. And while I got a wonderful education, um, that is just not the homeschooling method that we wanted for our family. We did not want the traditional approach. We did not want DVD curriculum. Um, but just using the Bible has been a huge blessing in this season. It's very, very thorough, very thorough. It's very engaging. Um, the kids really enjoy, uh, their teacher and the songs. They enjoy watching the other students. Um, it's just, it's, it's really been great. It's KJV. So as they're memorizing scripture, like it's just, it's right on with what we use. Um, and then it's also, it's just at 30 minutes. But it's been really great for me to say, okay, school day is starting. Let's get going into this. But yet it not immediately all fall on my shoulders. Um, Usually I'm sitting in the rocking chair right beside them. I'm singing along. I'm listening. I'm very engaged in it. But I'm feeding the baby. Or I'm trying to cuddle the toddler a little bit. Or I'm reading a little book to Ivy quietly. You know, that just kind of has worked out really well in this season to give me that gentle, like, okay, let, you know, the, the plane of school is taking off for the day, but we're going to slowly work our way to a high altitude. Um, so that just has been a blessing in this season using a Becca Bible. We are doing the second grade one, uh, with Mrs. Chapel and it's great. My, you know, Knox sits in, Ivy sits in, uh, I've actually been really surprised. I don't really put any, um, you know, like pressure on Ivy to sit and listen and participate. The older two, yes, it is their class. They need to sing. They need to quote their scripture memory and all of that. But Ivy's three. So she's welcome to sit there and join, which I do encourage. I mean, we're all out there. We're all in the same room. Even Willow, she's got her little chair. She sits and listens. But it's not like I'm telling them you have to sit still. You can't get up. You know, they're up and about playing. We're, like I said, we're cuddling. We're reading books. Um, But I have been surprised, you know, we just had a, a time where the kids had to quote the scripture passage that they've been learning and, uh, Eden and Knox did theirs. And then Ivy, you know, I was like, okay, we're done. And Ivy's like, well, it's my turn. I said, okay. And, uh, she did great. Like she almost got the entire passage and I didn't even know that that's just from like osmosis of her being around and listening. Um, so anyway, Bible's going really well. That's, that's been a good fit for us in this season. I don't foresee us doing that forever. But um, we bought a year's worth of it. That's kind of how it works. When you buy it, you buy that year. Um, So we'll work through that, and it's been really great for this season. All right, let's transition into language arts. So after Bible, we, like I said, we'll rotate back and forth between language arts and math, but language arts, um, we are currently doing a variety of things. And this subject, I'm actually really tweaking and revamping and learning a lot Um, so some of this is kind of morphing as it goes, but, uh, there's a lot of aspects of language art. So I'm just going to kind of hit several different things. So for handwriting, Eden is using the good and the beautiful. 
Um, I think she's using level five or six. She's so far uh, in the levels because we do cursive first. So I think in the Good and the Beautiful handwriting, they do not introduce cursive until maybe level three. So we went ahead and just jumped straight to that because we have chosen to do cursive first. Some of those early ones are printing. Um, so that's why she's so late in the lineup of levels. Um, but she is working through that. She's working through her handwriting sheets, which I actually really love the Good and the Beautiful's handwriting curriculum um, because they're, you know, they're practicing their letters, but it's also, they're doing a lot of copy work and it's poems, um, you know, things like that. And it incorporates a lot of art. Like, you know, you have your, um, your page where you're practicing your letters, you're copying this little poem about maybe like flowers. And then the bottom corner, you're drawing flowers or something. And she is my artist. So she loves that aspect of the curriculum. Um, actually I have to tell her like, look, this, this, this is a handwriting paper, not an art paper. So do your handwriting first and then reward yourself with the art. Okay. So with Knox for his handwriting and reading instruction, we're using the reading lamp. Um, so you probably have not heard of that. That's because it was actually a college professor of mine that created it. If you've heard of the Spalding method, spell to write and read, um, this is kind of a spinoff of that, taking a lot of those solid, proven approaches to teaching a child to read, very logic-based, um, but tweaking it a little bit, um, improving it, modernizing it a bit, and putting a heavy, heavy emphasis on scripture. And the purpose of reading to be, to read God's word. So she's like currently formulating this method. Um, one of her students, prodigies, amazing blessing to our lives. Um, her name is Michaela. She is like taking that to the next level. And she has a lot of hope and, hopes and dreams for what this could be in the future. Right now, it is not like an available curriculum that you can buy. And there's really not instruction outside of my alma mater, uh, the college that I went to, to get instruction on that. But Michaela's really working to make it available for um, moms all over. So once that happens, I've already told her, I'm getting her on the podcast because I have people ask me all the time. Um, and, and I've seen the program work so well. I sing its praises. Um, I told her, I was like, you've, you've got to come on and explain this. But what is this method? I'm just going to read what she sent me because this is not my area of expertise. Um, I, I went to college to be a teacher, but it was to be a secondary teacher to teach literature. I never wanted to teach a kid to read. And here I am teaching my kids to read and actually loving it. That's thanks to Michaela. Um, but what is this method? The Reading Lamp program is an explicit phonics program based on the science of reading that simplifies the English language into 40 phonemes, the sounds that we hear. So like a, 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 books, um, 70 graphemes. These are the sounds that we write. Um, and then 15 reliable spelling patterns. The Reading Lamp teaches students word by word while integrating reading, writing, and spelling. The words are taken directly from scripture in order to give students a jump start into reading the Bible. Um, okay, so from this, Michaela has worked with me. She has developed a little handwriting curriculum, like introduction to cursive. So that's what I'm doing with Knox. We're currently learning all of his cursive letters. Once we do that, um, we're really going to start getting into, um, you know, code decoding a lot of these words, marking them, writing in their sounds. You know, do they get a brief? Do they get a, a macron? or like long A, short A, if you're used to that kind of phonics program. Um, but also in teaching to read, we, we are, as we introduce the handwriting, um, 
I am working on his reading, teaching him to read. We're learning all of those, all of the sounds of the letters. Um, some other phonics programs might call it like a blend. Um, we're learning some of those, you know, um, double O could be ooh sounds. So we're working on really just laying that solid foundation. And then there are 15 reliable spelling patterns um, that Eden's really working through learning and memorizing. Haven't quite gotten there with Knox, but that's kind of what we're doing. I had to jump ahead to that um, to address his handwriting. But then with Eden, I'm using this as well. Um, we are just continuing on with this program. She is taking different words out of the Bible um, and then words that I'm coming across in her writing that she's struggling to spell. And we're just practicing them. That's where our spelling lists come from. We're decoding these words. Um, we're working to learn how to spell these words. So that is kind of her spelling. As far as her reading instruction, she is my voracious reader. Like she just reads nonstop. So in school, I'm not doing too much of that. I do do some reading comprehension. We bring that in a little bit and we do some narration as she might finish a book, you know, that I'm going to have her narrate back to me. What was it about? What did you learn? What was the main characters? Um, some things like that. Some of this will also tie in as I introduce the gather round unit that we're currently working through. Um, but that is spelling and reading. Poetry has been something that I've really been leaning into more in our home. Um, I have a few poems that I remember learning as a kid, and I love that I can still quote them, and I want my kids to be able to enjoy that. So we did several different poems last year. We had so much fun memorizing them together. We do all the motions, and we move, and it's just great. So this year, we are learning Sea Fever by John Maysfield. We started that last year, but we did not finish it. Um, so we're finishing that last stanza, and then we'll be working through some other poetry throughout the year. Grammar. Um, so I'm not doing anything with grammar with Knox right now. Um, but with Eden, we are using Fix-It Grammar. This is from IEW, which is the Institute of Excellence in Writing. Andrew Poudwa, I believe is how you say his name. Um, but anyway, so we are using Fix-It Grammar. It's super simple. Stri not not simple as in like easy. Simple as in like uh, just no fluff. It is just great. It it hits the nail on the head and you move on. Um, and she's really doing well learning and analyzing sentences with that. And then as far as like literature goes, we just read all the time. We have a read aloud that we're always going through. We're reading through the railway children. Um, we have a long lineup of books that, I mean, like years worth <laughs> that we want to get to. Um, but so that's just kind of what we do in reading. Okay, so then unit studies. That brings us to Gather Round. Um, we are working through several different things, hopefully, coming up throughout this year. I've bought several different units that we hope to get through. But right now we are doing a mini unit. So Gather Round has its full units, and then the mini units are just a little bit lighter, um, and they have less student workbook pages. And again, as I'm trying to just get, get the gears turning and figuring out life now as a family of seven, um, I decided we're going to start with a little bit of a lighter unit. So we are doing the novel study for My Side of the Mountain. It is a book, um, and we are just reading through that, and then we're just digging in chapter by chapter, following the Gather Round unit curriculum as we assess, you know, the plot line, the characters, um, what do we think is going to happen. So this is very narration-based. So this is kind of where some of that reading, narration, all of that is coming in as well here in this unit. This is a more literature-heavy unit. So we're enjoying that. Um, as we're following this little boy's journey of surviving in the wilderness, you know, we're learning so many different things. Um, but that is the unit that we're currently going through right now. 
Um, some of the other ones that I've bought that we plan to work through this year, we have uh, Ancient Civilizations. We have a geography unit on Australia and Oceania, which I thought would be really fun since we live here. Um, we have North American Forest Animals, Middle Ages. Those are just some of the ones. I'm not exactly sure what order we're going to do those in, but they are some of the ones that I have purchased for this year that we will be getting to as we go. And then daddy, like I said, is doing the sports and PE unit with the kids just one day a week. So they're working through that one very slowly, um, but they're loving it. They're having so much fun. I actually think if you hear kids, they're probably outside right now working on uh, learning about track and field. So they're probably running up and down the concrete slab that's on the other side, the other wall uh, behind my office outside. Um, but that's gather around. Then for math, we are using the good and the beautiful for math. I really have loved this. We've used this since, uh, I believe Eden started with, I think Eden started with first grade math. So she's in first, second, she's on third now, and Knox did kindergarten math, and he is now starting first grade math fresh this year. And I just really love it. It's colorful. It's beautiful. Um, it just weaves a lot of things into the math. I feel like it has a really good mix of introducing new concepts while also reviewing and refreshing things that they've learned. Um, each year comes with a box of like manipulatives that it incorporates throughout, which the kids really love that. They're like, you know, can't wait to get out their little shape counters or their little, you know, race cars that, you know, you have to race them down the number line and all these different things. Um, but that has really been a blessing. And another thing, let me just plug for this is they actually offer them as a free PDF download on the website, which is such a huge blessing, especially for us being on the other side of the world. I can ship the good and the beautiful here, but it is about as much to ship the product as the product is. Um, so that's difficult. Um, but it's been great to be able to just get on there. Like year one for the first grade math, I was able to print off the PDF. Now I will say you to get the manipulative box, um, Eden always gets an actual math book because we have to buy that to get the manipulative box. So we try to strategize sending that with people who are coming over to visit Australia. Um, someone actually shipped me. Um, that was so sweet. I forgot about that. Actually, a friend shipped me her third grade math book. Um, so she paid for shipping, which was such a blessing. Um, but I'll probably strategize the fourth grade math book to get that over here. And uh, when somebody comes for a visit. But then once we already have the manipulative box, we just pass that down. So Knox and Down are just going to get the printed PDF of the math worksheets. Um, but anyway, so that's what we're using for math. We're really enjoying that. And that's pretty much our homeschooling. Other than that, um, you know, like I said, the kids take piano lessons. They're currently in swim lessons. We read books all the time. We get out in nature. At least a thousand hours is what we're shooting for this year. Um, but that is what the trajectory of our homeschool year is looking like. We'll see what it looks like as we go. Um, but that's kind of the direction that we're headed in. That's where we're at right now, what we're using. So hats off to a new homeschool year. Um, I've linked all these different things that I've referenced down in the comment section. So hopefully you will find that helpful. If you have any questions, I'd love to chat homeschooling. Uh, so send me an email at nohighercallingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can engage with me on my social media at nohighercalling underscore. 
I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.